This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 416 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Horselovers.com and you, our tremendous auditors. Well, on today's show, we're busy. We have Tom from Horselovers.com stopping by for our anniversary. Also, Nick Snap of Make It Snappy Show. He stops by with his productivity tip of the month. Next up, we have Mo Meyer, who's our listener of the week, and auditor Rosie Marillo reviews the Kensington Fly Boots. All of that coming up on today's show. Welcome to the Stable School, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable School. Stable School. Stable School. This is Glenda Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. We got a busy one for you. But first, I, did you say that you've, you're taking lessons, like riding lessons, like in yeah. a saddle? Yeah, yeah, I am. Isn't well, that crazy? I know. You're back in the saddle again. It's been a long time. Well, I've been in the saddle. I've just been slouching over yeah, she's and been <laughs> biting my very nails. Slowly trail riding and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have So really now what? What are you doing? Been riding with any goals. Well, I'm hoping to do maybe a little show in the fall, maybe a little dressage show or a little two phase. Um Ooh. really the idea is to just get Brody fit for the comp- the very low level competitive ring so that he's fit for everyday life you know um and also getting helena fit maybe and getting helena fit (laughs) my horse is evergreen because i really don't force him to do much he's always hated ring riding so if we're hacking out he's happy or if we're doing a hunter pace he's happy um i haven't really hunted him yet and i would love to but as you guys know if you follow the show i haven't been able to hunt because i don't have a trailer so you know getting out to meets has been impossible so I decided to get my horse fit. Now, if we have an opportunity to hunt this year, that's great. Hopefully he'll be fit. Um, but if not, then we'll do something else. We'll go to a show or something. So we're having some fun. Yeah. So how have lesson. the lessons been going? I've only had one so far. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new project. <laughs> it's a new project. I've only had one so far. Well, I'm not the type of person who rides with an instructor once a week. Um, you know, once... Every two weeks, maybe once a month, I do an intensive lesson and then I practice on my own. So, And have you uh, been practicing? Have you been diligent? I really have. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I've been riding with Nora Harris of Nora Harris Equestrian and she comes out to my farm and we do, um, well, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Right now, it's helping Brody uh, stay balanced and do some... Um, 
cardio exercises to get his blood pumping and get his fitness level back up so he's not so heavy on his forehand. And is he less heavy, period? He is. He used to be a chunk. Used to be. He's just, he's a husky boy. He's a husky boy. Yes, we've gone up two holes in our girth. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, in a month of riding. And have you had to have him on a muzzle this year? Do you know what? I have had him in the barnyard, which is mostly sand and dirt. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, I need to cut back on his grazing. He's fat. Yeah. But he fits up real quick. He really does. Like the minute you put him back into work, you can you can keep his diet the same. And if I ride him, I've been riding him every other day. Sometimes he has two day two days off, and I'm light workouts, maybe twenty minutes, twenty minutes to forty minutes at the most, uh, and we're done. And that's enough for him to shed the pounds. Cool. Yeah, he's a really feel good. good. It feels really good. We just. We don't have to fight so much. You know, my my ovals are starting to look like ovals and my circles are starting to look less like ovals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's good. He's getting he's actually remembering that he can accept the bridle and use his hind end a little more. Actually, it's not his hind end that he has a problem with. He's got a very powerful engine back there. It's his core. You know, he's got a, a hay belly. So getting Brody to use his core muscles is a little bit of a challenge, but he's getting there. I can relate. Yeah, I, I have a hay belly, too. <laughs> yeah, me, too. <laughs> I have a hay belly, too. And he's in my core butt. is tough. You <laughs> <laughs> <have> a hay butt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that hay, it goes to different places on different uh, animals. Tough. Yes, it does. <laughs> now, with Scoot and Scooter's case, he has a hay body. The whole thing is... <laughs> Scooter has hay brain. He's well-rounded. He has hay brain. <laughs> this year, instead of putting the muzzle on Scooter, which he hated, I mean hated, but we cannot put him out on this grass, uh, you know, full-time. He would literally blow up. Yeah. So we now bring him in the barn. So so his his friend Nigel gets to stay out in the big grassy field. He goes out. They both go out in the morning. And then at lunchtime, just before the show, I ran out and I got Scooter and brought him in. And Scooter look, looks so depressed. Because he has to go in his stall the rest of the afternoon with the crappy coastal hay. And he does not like that. So his little head's sticking out. I can see his little head sticking out of the stall. Now he's depressed. <laughs> mean and then at night, he's in a dry lot. So he really is only getting four or five hours of grass a day. And we give him all the coastal hay he wants because it pretty much has no nutritional value. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But of course, once they get the luscious grass all day, they really don't want to eat the crappy hay. I know. No, that's not a. It's not something they enjoy. No. So. <laughs> no. But you know what? I figure it's better than ha- wearing that muzzle and the rub marks and all that stuff. And the and the the painful look on their face. I know they do. Put look. It on them, I, that's my problem. <laughs> they I, do look sad with that thing on. I know. <laughs> so I don't miss that. Well, I'm glad you're back in the saddle. That's great. Which means we'll soon have more uh, wild stories to tell on the show. Yes. <laughs> Stories. Let's hope they don't involve hospital visits. I knocked on wood for you. Well, good. I'm glad. Well, you know, we would not be doing the year of the listener here on the Stable Scoop show, nor would we probably be here 
if it wasn't for our sponsors. And one of our terrific sponsors this year is our title sponsor, and that's horselovers.com. And we're getting a visit from Tom, who's my friend over there, and he's the VP of Marketing and Purchasing. And he's stopping by because it's our anniversary. We put out our anniversary episode last week. Thank you for all the nice comments. Appreciate that. But uh, we also wanted to get Tom on to make sure we thanked them in person for all their support. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the show. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Helena, how are you? It's nice to be here. Very well. And I'm going to be seeing you this weekend. Are you going to be at Ada this time? Uh, Yes, I will be. I oh, was going cool. to ask you the same question. I know that you're, uh, you're, you're going to be doing your show live from down there, and we always like to stop by and say hello. This will be our 14th ADA that we've done. Good heavens. Very nice. Yep. Very so, nice. So, yeah, it's going, to be, uh, it's going to be fun. We always look forward to going there and seeing old friends and visiting with people. We have to, the first thing I wanted to do was thank you for your support in this year of the listener here on the Stable Scoop Radio Show. It's been so much fun getting to know our listeners. And also, you guys have been providing the products for the reviews that the listeners have been doing all year. And it's been so much, I mean, it was, it was, it was fun for Helene and I and Jennifer and all the other hosts to do product reviews, but it's so much better to get it from a listener who's out there just using it, you know, like it's supposed to be used so yeah i agree 100 percent. we gotta we gotta thank your listeners they're doing an incredible job uh with the brand product reviews uh you know not only are they giving us information to help our customers you know make better choices on buying merchandise uh but our suppliers are very excited the brand um the brands that are giving these products to us are extremely happy with uh, some of the reviews they're getting, uh, and, and they're basically using that information to, you know, make their products better. Yeah, well, it's like a little product development show. You know, you get this. We're like a, fo- a focus group. We're giving some. There you feedback, go. Exactly right. Well, the um, the new click girth, the click technology from Ledia. I tried those a few weeks ago, and I was like, Glenn, I can't talk about these things on the air. I hate them. I hate them. I didn't even use them. Well, I started using them. Next thing I know, I'm texting Glenn. Glenn, you got to get me on the air. I got to review these girls. They're awesome. I love them. (laughs) He's like, you're crazy, but okay. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Love to hear that. Well, you know what I think that is, Tom? And you see it all the time, is when a new product comes out with a new way to do something. In this case, the the buckles with the girths that you're so used to doing it one way for so long that you get it. Like, she had it in. She had it in her hand. And she was like, I'm not going to use this because you're so used to doing it one way. And isn't that the biggest challenge that retailers have is like, no, this new product is good if you just try it. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, there, there's, some, there's some traditional uh, products that are out there that, um, you know, riders only want to do what riders feel comfortable doing, are familiar with doing. Um, so sometimes products come out and they're hesitant to go down that path. Um, and, uh, you know, I can see that with the Aledia products, but uh, I'm so glad that uh, Helena likes it and, uh, you know, it's being successful for her. Well, now you were, you've been in the retail world forever, right? A uh, long time. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I, uh, about uh, 15 years, Horse Lovers with a Z.com has been uh, out there in the marketplace. Um, I had some roots in the equine industry ahead of that, working for some, some of the suppliers that we currently buy from. So, uh, you know, I've got a good 22 years involved in the equine world. 
Well, you know a little about product then. A little um, bit, just a little bit. <laughs> There's a lot. You know, one of the things that I've noticed in the evolution of equestrian retail is that the number of, there, you know, there used to be one or two helmet manufacturers, and now there are 10 or 12. So the options for, for riders, for horse lovers out there, there are so many more. Um, so that, I think, is, is great on one hand, but on the other, you're like, okay, how do I choose so how do you find, how do you decide what you're going to carry? I mean, I know you go to these trade shows, but um, there's a lot more for you to choose from as well, isn't there? Uh, absolutely. And you know what, that's, that's an interesting question because um, we find that uh, when we're working with our suppliers that we want to offer all of their products to our consumers. And uh, the reason we do that is because we don't want to limit uh, the product selection that we're providing to the consumers by our thoughts or our experiences, uh, you know, whether as riders or as retailers. So we go out of our way to try to carry the entire line from our suppliers so that we allow the consumer to pick the products that are best for them. Like that. And that's hard because you do, you know, especially as, uh, you know, we're equestrians, we don't like change very often because we're afraid. It's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. So change is a very difficult yep, thing for us to embrace. Um, but you guys make it really easy. You have a really, you have a, a very flexible, um, well, you have a very easy shopping experience, but you have a generous return policy. Your customer service is great. So you make it easier for shoppers to try something new. Oh, thank you. We appreciate that. We, we, we try to give as many options to our uh, customers as possible. Um, a, um, we we want to make sure that they feel comfortable making a purchase, that they know that we'll stand behind our products, that we'll stand behind our customer service. And if they're not completely happy with the product, you know, we want them to shop with us again. So we're happy to take that back those products uh, and make sure that they get the product that's right for them. We say all the times in the commercials uh, that you get so used to shopping at a retailer for whatever kind of product, whether it's tech or you're just buying, you're buying a TV set. You're used to going to one place. You've gone to that place mm -hmm. to buy that particular product before. So you tend, to, we're creatures of habit, you tend to want to go there. And what we always say in the commercials is, Try horse love. If you haven't done horse lovers yet, the next time you go to purchase something, just go over to the website and give them a try. Once you try them, you're going to stick, and you're, then they're going to become your new favorite. But give them a try, at least to go investigate there first before you go buy from that company that you've been using for some reason, for, you know, not even because of the, uh, any particular reason. It's just become habit. So just give right. it a try. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank and we, you, Glenn. We appreciate well, that. Well, we have a coupon code right now, too. It's $5 off orders of $49 or more. And it's the coupon code is HRN. So at, when you're at checkout, just put in HRN in the coupon code, and that'll pop in. Uh, and also, we before we let you go, we also want to mention, and we're so excited about this, that you guys are also one of our title sponsors again this year for our second annual Radiothon. Yes, and, we're very excited about that. Very excited. Well, we just had a conversation. Helena doesn't even know this. We just had a conversation <laughs> with our guest booker uh, yesterday, and we're making a list of all the celebrities that have horses, and we have a couple that we're really targeting for this year. So we're hoping to have some announcements uh, in the next couple of months of celebrities that will be joining us for Radiothon. And then I'm sure our listeners will be chiping in with voicemails and calls, and it'll be another very, very, very busy day. And uh, we just, that was so much fun last year, and we're just looking forward yeah, to doing great. it again. You guys did a great job. You did a great job. 
It was fun. And c- God, it's Christmas. We're thinking about Christmas already. Well, I'm clicking around the Horse Lover site right now, and, I, and I'm like on the gifts and, <laughs> gifts and jewelry <laughs> section. I'm like, is it Christmas yet? And I can't believe I just actually said that to myself. Well, you guys, I mean, you're in your full, you're probably done Christmas planning by now. Uh, surprisingly, Glenn, we are in full uh, gear to yeah. um, get our holiday season prepared. Um, if you don't start now, you will never be ready. So, uh, yeah, we actually start pr- pl- uh, pre-planning uh, in early summer, and then we, st- uh, we start actually launching certain um, components of our website and, in the next month or so just to test them, make sure that they're ready. Uh, we know that uh, the, for, the, for uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, those are, the, those are big days for us and a lot of other retailers and uh, you know we just want to make sure our site's ready and it's easy to shop and you know everybody gets the the best deals that we have out there well i know a radio show you can have on in the office on cyber monday <laughs> uh, we do we do we had it on all last year and uh it was a great it was great to have the uh your voice in the background kind of cheering us on <laughs> well tom again thank you so much for being such a big support on the stable scoop show and the horse radio network we appreciate you guys and i'm looking forward to hanging out with you a little bit this weekend yep uh, i can't wait to see you and uh thanks so much for the time well, our regular monthly segment is a Nick Snap with the Make It Snappy Show, talking about productivity. It's time for our productivity tip of the month with Nick Snap, host of the Make It Snappy Productivity Show. Well, as usual, we have Nick here once a month to talk about productivity from the Make It Snappy Show. And Nick, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back, Glenn. I'm just, I love the fact you keep calling me back every month. That's awesome. Well, I got to thank you because because of you talking about emails, what, a couple months ago and how to clean out your email box and how to free uh-huh. yourself and all that stuff. And I had, what was it, 13,000 in there. And because I'm on Google, I was able to just archive them all. Sure. I just one day I said, "Look, I'm never going to get to the emails that are past the first page, right? You're never getting past the ones that are 50 down the list. You That's think right. you are, but you aren't. You're That's lying. Right. <laughs> and you keep lying to yourself for years. So I finally did it. I finally archived them all, and I have been at less than 30 emails in my inbox since then. Oh man, that is, I love, that makes me so happy. It, I, it is so nice when I get here and I look and, you know, I can never get it less than 30 because there's that many coming in at any given time. So I'm always at less than 30. It's fantastic. And how often are you in your email box? Oh, I'm in question. it all day because, you know, I wish I could be one of those people that could just go in once or twice or three times a day and answer them. Yeah. But because of the nature of booking guests and doing recordings mm-hmm. all day, I always have to have it open because guests are, that are, are scheduled that day are sometimes writing so, yeah. or hosts are writing, you know, so I always have to have it open. So then you get to the realm of, we talked about this, I thought we did, of outsourcing potentially that scheduling booking piece. And we did, by the else. way. That's another thing we've done. We have okay. hired one of our listeners as a virtual assistant to start booking our guests. We did that about three weeks ago, and that's working out very well. She's very good, very diligent, and she's getting the job done. So um, she'll probably be booking you from now on, as a matter of fact. Fantastic. Uh, her name is yeah. De- Denise. So uh, yeah, that's another piece that we did. Excellent. So why are you in your email box again if you're not booking then anymore? <laughs> well, because that day when they write and say, oh, you know, we can't make it or we have to change the time or 
you know, got it. Kind of thing. Or the or our host, like this morning, you know, we're supposed to do Emily does a jumping show once a month on Horses in the Morning, our live show, and she was puking her guts out from having food poisoning this morning. So, oh, so you know, she's writing me emails all the way up to showtime. So yeah, I do have to have mine open all the time. Well, one step at a time. Nature sure of the business. But you know what? I'm keeping up on it. I feel better about it. It's not as stressful anymore. And now that we have the guest, look, look what you have done for me. I don't care that you've done anything for the listeners. You have just, <laughs> it's like having my own personal private coach. Well, I'm here to serve. <laughs> so what are you going to teach me this week? What else can you improve? I want to talk about how to work on the right things, how to know what to work on. So many different choices, especially as entrepreneurs, a million different things coming at us at once. How do we decide what to work on? That's another good one because I suck at that too. Yeah. I don't know why I've grown this business as big as it is because I pretty much <laughs> suck at all these things. But you're making it happen. That's right. So, so the first thing despite people... Of myself. <laughs> despite of yourself. Despite of yourself. As a productivity guy, someone will typically come to me and ask me to set up some sort of systems or processes to do whatever it is they want to do. How do I make it more efficient is the first thing that comes to mind. And I think we talked about this on past episodes, but for me, I look at productivity maybe a little bit different than a lot of people do is that it's not about getting all this stuff done. It's not. It's about working on the right things because you could be setting up all the systems and processes to make the wrong thing completely uh well, it could be the completely wrong decision for you and your business. So how do you figure out what to do? And I always start with one question when I'm working with people. It's your why. If you had all the money in the world, that wasn't an issue anymore, what would you do with your time? I start there to get people thinking a little bit more, what am I doing all this for? And it's it's a little bit woo-woo, right? I mean, mindfulness and you know I'm an engineer so talking about this stuff still a little bit outside my comfort zone but it's it's where you got to start because if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing then you're not going to have focus and you're going to be scattered can you give me an example of a why cuz I'm not sure sure I... yeah yeah for for me I'll just give you I'll put my stuff out there for your listeners my why is I desire to have an incredibly close family that experiences the world together and improve the quality of life for people in need while doing that. That's my why. So, Kind of like look, your own personal mission statement. Right. Yes, yeah. a family mission statement. So we can call it a family mission statement. Call it the why or what is your purpose? What is your passion even? I think there's a difference between person and pa- purpose and passion. But that's, that's where you start. And then everything that you do, life's going to come at you. There's going to be all kinds of things to do. But... Knowing how much time to spend on the right things is important because all tasks are not created equal. They have the appearance of being created equal when they're all on a running list of, you know, 100, 400 different things that need to be done, but they're not all equal. So you got to weed through and figure out what adds the most value. And for you and your life, everybody's different. You got to put the personal back into personal productivity, but it's why? Why do you want to get all these things done? What are they ultimately contributing to? That's where you start. Once we can get clarity on that, then we can put all the efficiency and productivity tools into place and have you execute like a, like a cheetah stalking its prey. That's hard, though. I'll tell you why. <laughs> tell you why. Yeah, it's because when you are running a business or you're, you know, you're running a farm and 
mm-hmm. you know, that you can't say, okay, I'm going to put uh, feeding today, you know, as a priority and not giving them water. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to clean the stalls today, uh, you know, and say that every day because my priority is feeding them and giving them water. There are, uh, there are a certain number of things that just have to get done. And mm-hmm. when you add all those up, again, you're out of time. So they're all kind of important because they all kind of weave together. Same with running a business, right? If I I have a multiple things I have to work on from from finding sponsors to keep it all going, right? Mm-hmm. To finding new listeners to keep it all going. It's all of these little pieces keep it all going, but they all add up into a hundred hours a week. Well, you said one thing that I want to key in on is the assumption, the key assumption you're making there with all that stuff is that you need to do it all. So once you know what adds the most value of your time. What you're really good at, what, why Glenn is who he is, what you're bringing to the table, probably not cleaning out the stalls, right? It's being on this show. It's giving quality content to your listeners and to the sponsors and executing that efficiently. So everything else that's there, you got to figure out how to get that off your plate and either defer, or delegate, or delete it, just like email. So it's a process of, one, letting go a lot of things. Because all these things, they, they might somehow, so say somebody wants a farm, I guess, and that's, that's what they're passionate about. That's why they want to help animals <laughs> or, or they, want, they, they need to feed. They're really, really passionate about They, they want to grow, grow their own food for their family. Like that's their why. That's most important. Then you can still have a farm without doing all those things. But I, I, getting clarity on what it's going to take to move your why forward the fastest doesn't equate to doing everything on your list. You got to figure out how to get around that and develop strategies for planning on how to get around all that little stuff. The problem with that is, I hate to keep being negative. Sure, no. But the problem with that, because I'm trying to think about what listeners are thinking too, just developing those takes time. Mm -hmm. And you never get to the time to develop them because you're too busy doing the other things you're doing. Right. And that's where you get into, this is where the strategy comes in. It's like, how do you commit to cutting out time in your schedule to work on your business or on your life, right? Well, it's, it's like, actually committing time in your schedule to work on doing other things less time, you know, to, mm-hmm. to develop yeah. the systems. The systems, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, and that, so for me, I, the way that I do it, because it's a continuous improvement thing when you're looking at all this kind of stuff, um, is I block out four hours on a Monday to work on my processes and systems. But I've already, I know exactly what I need to be working on, what like my one thing is to to help fulfill my why. I can kind of go through, like I was starting out like globally, my why, my, my high level thing, that's like a three year plan for me. I want to do it before I'm 40, before Nico, my youngest, my three month old, well, he's almost four months already, before he turns three. We want to actually move our family international, give our family that experience and have that location independent. <gasps> We're going to see you on House Hunters International. <laughs> you will. You will. Especially <laughs> on, being on your show. Yeah. They'll, they'll call me right away. <laughs> House Hunters International. You'll pick out the three apartments that are way over your budget. Uh, <laughs> but then but taking that big lofty goal and then starting to chunk it down and knowing that, okay, if what I'm doing is ultimately going to drive me towards that, then I'm spending, and this is my minimum, and I picked this up from uh, The One Thing, the book The One Thing from Gary Keller has been a game changer for me, Glenn, but spending a minimum of four hours doing that work. Because I'm an entrepreneur, so I have the ability to make these kind of calls. So if I spend four hours on 
the thing that's contributing to my why that's going to drive me there the fastest, then I've got to be forced to figure out how to make everything else work. And that's where you really start getting into the strategic process. And I can't do that without developing processes and systems. So guess what? One of the supporting factors of that is, is carving out those four hours a week to do that. So it's just a different way to think about it. Like all these things are coming at us, which are going to happen, but how can you strategically arrange your schedule to ignore some of them, not all of them, not the, not all the urgent things, because life still comes, you still got to do some of it, but how you develop the, the systems and processes to not have to do it all yourself is a challenge. So if there's a book you recommend, what would it be? Oh, The One Thing by Gary Keller. Yeah, for sure. And I can't, for whatever reason, I can't think of the co-author's name, but yeah, that one, that's a fantastic read because it gets you thinking very deliberately. Uh, Katie Kermitzos talked about that on her Biz Women Rock podcast. That was her book recommendation of the week. All right. Well, we're consistent. There you go. You two are thinking alike. Yeah, she's got a great mind, so I like to think that. And that's what she talked about, that one thing. So very cool. I need to read that one. Probably would do me some good. Uh, Definitely. Very it's a good. little bit counter. It's a little bit counter to the eating the frog. Is eating the frog is kind of getting the the worst, maybe the scariest thing out of the way. Mm-hmm. But this is more about okay, is your scary thing the right thing to be doing? Mm-hmm. You know, what's going to change? And, and the premise of it is what's going to make everything else easier or unnecessary. Well, sometimes you have to get that scary thing out of the way. The frog. You have to eat the frog to get to the thing. You're right. You know, because it's an obstacle in the way, and you're not going to get there to that one thing unless you get that scary thing out of the way. You're right. Uh, yeah. Very good. Where can people find your show? Makeitsnappyshow.com. The and, Make It Snappy Productivity Show. And uh, how long is the show? How often does it come out? We come out two days a week on Monday and Thursday evenings, although I think I'm going to move it to noon because, you know, I'm testing the, I feel like I'm getting a little bit more listenership when the earlier I release those episodes. So it's probably going to start moving to a noon release. All right. And how long usually? The episodes range from quick ones. The usually the Friday episode, or sorry, the Thursday episodes are around twenty to thirty minutes, and then up to no more than an hour. Usually, I try to keep it under forty-five minutes. Very good. Make yes, a snappy show dot com. Thanks. I Nick. try to make it snappy. Try to make it snappy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Glenn. Thanks so much. And our listener of the week this week is Mo Meyer, and she's from Florida. Woo-hoo. Guess what? She, guess what she does for a living. She writes grants. Now that's a stressful. We job. need to get one of those people. We need to get a grant. Let's talk. I'm glad we're talking to her. We all she, need grants. She essentially is a professional T crosser and I doctor, <laughs> and that's stressful. I promise you, that's stressful. So I'm really looking forward to getting to know Mo from Florida. It is the year of the listener. And now, our Stable Scoop listener of the week. Well, welcome, Mo, to the Stable Scoop show. I'm really happy to have the chance to get to know you. Thank you. Me too. How long have you been listening to Horse Radio Network shows? Um, I think I started probably like five years ago, and I started listening to Jen's show, the um, Horse Tip Daily, because that was all the time I had to spare I was getting my graduate degree and taking care of elderly parents and I have my own business. So that was about the amount of time I had. Um, so I started there and then started listening to Horse in the Morning and Stable Scoop. Well, so yay. even five years ago, you were an early adopter. So, it, you know, there were still not a lot of people listening to podcasts back at that time. So you, so you know your way around the podcast world by now. 
A little bit. I have a lot of my, um, and I can't say who they are, but two of my best clients are technology companies. And so they do a lot with, like if I can say who they are, um, but they do a lot with video conferencing and um, remote working and things like that. So they are very heavy into the podcast market. And I do a lot with distance learning. And that's a, uh, I wouldn't say a super common tactic in distance learning, but there are definitely some school districts that are playing around with podcasts as part of their curriculum. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's center coming on. What do you use to Yeah, I think I know I was thinking that Helena. Um but what do you use to listen? How do you listen? Um I usually listen, I download through iTunes usually, okay. but lately I've been using the app only because um I kept not keeping up with my listening schedule and my phone kept saying out of memory. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've recently I've been listening using the app. Okay, cool. Very good. All right, so we're going to get to, we're going to pick your brain a little bit because that's what we do. It's Some people call it torture. <laughs> we call it making friends. <laughs> um, Yay. You, now, you you live in Florida. Uh, what part of Florida are you in? I'm in Boca Raton, um, which is what, when people go where, I say, you know where your grandparents live? That's, <laughs> that's where <right>. I live. <laughs> My and best, there was a Seinfeld episode which my, said his somebody's parents, maybe his, moved to Boca. Yeah, that's right. They did. I remember that. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Boca has a reputation. Well, it is kind of luxe, you know. And when people retire, they want to. They want the easy life. So Boca's kind of nice, you know. My best friend, yeah, my husband calls it the school lives there. The, the, oh, really? Yes, best best friend. She's been there for twenty, almost twenty two years loves it. Absolutely loves it. So she went from New York to Boca as, you know, a 20-something-year-old and raised her family there. So she's just the happy as a clam. I was just going to ask you if, you if she was from New York, New York or New Jersey. Yes, yes. Yep. She's from New York. There's three places people from Florida are from, New York, New Jersey, or Canada. It's one of those three places. That's <laughs> <Right? laughs> true. What? And it's not true anymore, but at one point, the population of Boca doubled in the winter. That's not quite true anymore. There's a lot more year-round residents, but yeah. we have so many snowbirds. That's been changing here in Ocala. If we take the horse people, the seasonal horse people out of it, in Ocala, yeah. it's the same, too. People are, there's less snowbirds and more people just moving. Yeah. Mm. yeah well, with telecommuting exactly. these days, technology has made it easier for people to work from wherever. So they, they're not on a time schedule as much anymore. Well, do you see the ocean from your window right now? No, from my window right now, I see a kitten that is attempting to climb a tree. It's not doing very well. Okay. Um, it's our kitten. Okay, <laughs> and her good. mama is at the bottom of the tree. But no, <laughs> no, I'm in Central Boca. Okay. Oh, that's wonderful. That's my fascinating work view. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's ask you a couple more. Let's ask some things about your horses because that's really the meat, the meat and bones of this episode. You right. You have, you you don't have your own horses right now, but you do ride at a barn. So tell us about your barn life. Right. So um, about six years ago, I decided I've been thinking about wanting. When I was a kid, I rode horses, but I grew up like in South Miami and in Memphis. And at those in those days, if you could stay on top, you could ride. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and just friends that had backyard horses and stuff like that. So about six years ago, I had mentioned to some friends of mine who are very horsey that I've been, you know, I want to get back around horses, I'll, you know, get back to it. And they all said, the best thing to do is take some lessons. So I just 
randomly picked a barn and started taking lessons there. And I went through a few different horses, but, and I always think it's a good news, bad news thing. The horse that I ride now, um, I don't technically lease him, but I get to ride him whenever I want. I mean, I I pay to ride there, but I don't have to lease him because he's such a pain in the butt that nobody else wants to ride him. Mm. And so the barn manager said, you know, it's a pretty good deal because he likes you and he needs to get out. So if you want to come and ride him, um, and I do still take lessons there and things too. Uh, So he's not technically mine, but everybody at the barn says he's mine because I guess we put up with each other. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not sure. What kind of horse is he? He is a little bay quarter horse. He's about 16, I think. He does a little bit of everything, which I think is one of the reasons why we get along. Um, I don't show, um, but he can do, I wouldn't say he could do dressage. (laughs) He can do flat work. How about that? (laughs) Jump a little bit. And then we head out on the trails a bunch. We've tried to do side passes a few times and it, the, the, the trainer just shook her head and said, no, maybe that's maybe barrel racing is more for you too. (laughs) Do you hit uh, gators on the trails down your way? Yeah, we actually always, pretty much always have a resident gator. Um, they're relatively small because the, the barn is actually part of a larger working farm, a vegetable farm. Um, so depending on, usually in the spring, there's a smallish young gator that hangs around. And they tend to disappear as we get closer in the fall. I'm not sure if fishing game comes and gets them. Uh, because the barn where I ride, if you go just a few miles north and cross the street, that's actually part of the Everglades National Park. So we have lots of gator visitors. Got it. Cool. So so now you so you're riding part time once a week. How often do you ride? Um, usually twice a week, and then every once in a while, I have a fr- I have a friend that has a couple horses, and when she's overwhelmed, she'll call and say, "Hey, can you come ride a horse for me?" So, so two when, or three times a week. So I have to ask the horse husband question. So when you buying one? Uh huh. Well. <laughs> Um, actually there was a big shakeup at our barn this year, you know, drama, drama, um, which fortunately, cause I don't own a horse, I stayed out of, but there was a, a conversation that they might sell off the lesson horses. And I actually almost thought about buying Jake, my lesson horse, but decided not to actually a lot of the auditors chimed in with their opinions, which was really helpful. But, um, I did talk to my non-horse husband, I guess he's a husband, but non-horsey husband. And I think next year, um, that's part of my goals for next year is to buy my first horse. Yay! And Yay! Our, awesome. That's terrific. Yeah, it's you, not going to be. Yep. You can get some consultations from my co-host because she has bought, uh, been horse shopping her entire life, pretty much. I have. <laughs> <laughs> Alina can go. help you out. And I'm sure if you pay her way, she'd be happy to come down and help you right in Florida about uh, January. She'd be yeah. thrilled to come down yeah. and help out. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. You don't want to come down now. Between the torrential rain we've had and, uh, as Glenn asked me earlier, a little Zika issue yeah i don't want to come this month uh she's not going to have any more kids we're good yeah yeah i'm yes. all set with my mind <laughs> thanks i'm, I'm all set with that but um no i i mean it's um horse shopping can take you anywhere depends on what your resources are but a lot of us really can find just what we're looking for fairly close to home i mean glenn you and jennifer found have found a few really good horses right you know, without having to travel. Too and far. actually the last three horses we have bought, and I know we joke. And of course, you know, the most popular segment on any of our shows are bad, bad, really bad ads. Right. And they're all <laughs> off of Craigslist, but our last three horses have been off of Craigslist. So oh, really? it, yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. 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 Well, I got my horse Brody's from Craigslist. Oh, is he? I didn't remember that. 
Yeah, yeah. He was at a he was he was doing lessons at a Morgan barn. <laughs> Oh, that's right. He was kind of out of place. <laughs> they were doing like saddle seat, and he was like, "Yeah, not so much, not so much." And first of all, look at my color. I do not look Morgan. <laughs> Spots all over. So yeah, um, but so okay. So it's nice to have goals, you know. It's, it's mm-hmm. very nice to have goals. And uh, and what is your what does your husband get involved at all, or just kind of? nods his head with that blank stare like yes dear <laughs> yeah kind of well he's a tennis coach <laughs> so he lives in a very different um if you don't know south florida is um if you want to do competitive tennis like go to a division one school play pro most of those players are in south florida and that, that's pretty much who he coaches so um if i have a, a bad day with a lesson or something like that and i say something to me he'll give me coaching advice but i w- do have to say his number one piece of coaching advice is um keep like your eye on the ball for a lesson and he'll say stay on top oh okay <laughs> so that's his, see i've taken a few tennis advice, lessons so. you're not watching the ball keep your eye on the ball <laughs> yeah well, it's good that i mean you do have the sports psychology piece in common so you know, you can kind of get in each other. He can get in your head and, and at least understand maybe that part of it. Because there's, you know, riding is mostly, at least I think for adults, is a, a mind game. It is. Yeah. And that, that has been, that was a, a surprise to me. How much of it is, I mean, obviously it's athleticism and talent and skill, but how much of it is in your own head? I think the hardest thing for me to learn actually was uh, how is it? My, my dad, my dad's elderly and has a, a physical therapist from when he had a hip replacement. And she told me one time who also happens to ride. It was a weird coincidence. And she said, I'll tell you my number one, uh, riding tip is look up to stay up, look down to go down. And <laughs> that's, <been very laughs> that's helpful. pretty good. Actually, the, honestly, yeah. the best riding tips or the best coaching tips are as simple as you could ever think that they would be, right? Jen, Coach Jen, the, right. the best tip she ever gave me was ride the horse you're on. Just stop. Don't. Yeah, there is no cookie cutter. True. There is no one size fits all. Figure out who you're riding and what he or she needs, and make that happen. Ride the horse you're on. So we, again, you, it sounds kind of simple and almost, you know, dull in a way, but it's not. And and that's the part. That's the mental game. You you have to strip away all this extra especially things that we do as adults that we, we analyze everything. We analyze our horse. We analyze the situation. We analyze ourselves and you just like shut the hell up <laughs> and ride the horse you're on. It's yes. easier said than done. You know, Mo, you have a lot in common, yeah. common with uh, Debbie Laux because uh, her husband was a tennis coach too. Monty Roberts' daughter. Oh, uh, out in I California. didn't know that. Yeah. Her husband was tennis coach for like 20, 25 years. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. At a club at that uh, Bill Gates uh, plays tennis at. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, I'll have to give her a shout-out on Facebook. I think she's friended me on Facebook. Yeah, so. you know, Bill Gates we'll is, uh, Bill Gates photobombed a picture of Debbie uh, not too long ago. They were at a party at the club, and she she took a selfie of herself, and Bill Gates is making a face right behind her in the background. Uh, <laughs> so there that's you go. great. <laughs> so apparently Bill still has a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. You can do that when you're a gazillionaire. Yeah, right. You can do whatever the hell you want. Fine. You can buy the world. Well, you're right. Yeah, I know Debbie's that he's not going to complain about that. Does he work at the big academy down there, the tennis academy? He used to. Did he? What was that called? Um, What's the name many, of it many again? Moons ago. Well, there's two. There's one which is probably closer to you, the Bull Terry Tennis Academy. Yes, that's which what was I taken remember. over by IMG Sports. Yes. Yeah, he worked yeah. there years and years ago. Yeah. Yep. 
and then um, she that's came the one down the Russians one used point, to come over to. All the Europeans and stuff would come over and train there, right? The Volterian? Yeah, they yep. still do. In still fact, do. there's a joke about, and I can't remember how it goes about is your last name does is your last name and an Ova itch or I can't remember what the third one is. Because so many Russians or Eastern Europeans, I guess, maybe more fair, trained trained out of there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Sorry to talk yep. tennis, everybody, but I was a tennis player. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> you can cut that part. <laughs> Somebody asked me last week for we were looking for something to do in Newport, and they're like, "How about the International Tennis Hall of Fame?" Have you ever is, been there? Which is in like an incredible place. I'm like, nope. Boring. You haven't been there? No, I haven't. What is wrong with you? And they just went through this like. Yeah, I wouldn't go either. Oh come on! Year multi-million dollar renovation, and I'm like, no. Yeah. But, you know, let's we're go going to next time we come up arm. to see you. We're going to the tennis thingy. All right. All right. That's fine. Right. Well, and if you really want to geek out on tennis, Glenn, a friend of a really good friend of my husband's is the women's assistant coach at UCLA. And he teaches in Newport. And I can't remember the name of that hotel. He runs a program at one of the hotel, one of the like swanky hotels there in Newport, California or Rhode Island. Uh, oh, California. Sorry, you're in Rhode Island. Never yep. mind. That's, That's okay. Right. Hall of Fame's in Rhode Island. We yep. don't mind that people confuse us because there's a lot of Californians who think that Newport means Oh, Newport, you're, they think you're talking about them? And then that you get into the show about five episodes and they go, oh, that place is not here. I know, it's true. <laughs> but, but then suddenly they become Instagram followers. Like, Newport, Rhode Island isn't so bad. <laughs> we got it bigger houses. Well. You got bigger houses than they do. I mean, jeez. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of true. Yeah. Well, we have to get on with our rapid-fire questions. Okay. But, uh, before we do that, you wrote down here that the most adventurous place you've ever ridden is South Africa. Did you do one of the uh, safari rides? No. So not only is my husband not a horse person, he's also not – well, he is now a U.S. citizen, but he's South African. Ah. So um, we've been several times you know, to visit family and things like that. And one of the reasons he claims that he's – he will not ride is, and it is somewhat of an exaggeration. Uh, it was probably 15 years ago. I've ridden there a couple of times, but probably 15 years ago was the first time. And we were in a national park, which does not have predators. I just want to make that clear. And he insists that the guide and I just dumped them to the lions, which is not true. There were no lions there, but it is true that they gave him this really sweet, big old draft horse who, you know, wanted to have some snacks on the trail. <laughs> And he just didn't keep up. So <laughs> they were baboons. Okay, they were baboons, and they can be a little dangerous. Oh, they would they scare the crap out of my horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So I told him it wasn't my fault. It was the guide's fault. I was keeping up with him. <laughs> All right, rapid fire question time. We're going to try and actually do these rapid fire today, although we've been saying that okay. for six months now and never succeeded yet. So go ahead, Alina. All right, here we go, Mo. What is your favorite food? My favorite food is really, really good bread, but I can't eat bread anymore because uh, I found out I have celiac, so I can't eat gluten. So I would say my current answer is cheese. Oh, okay. Yum. I just had the best gluten-free chocolate macaroons. Now, I don't have celiac and I'm not gluten intolerant, but Buck's daughter is. So whenever they come over, we try to stock up on delicious gluten-free snacks. And I decided yeah. to try one of these things. I was like, oh my God, something that doesn't, something that's gluten-free that doesn't taste like dirt. <laughs> they were delicious. 
Yeah, because right? most of it does. <laughs> yeah, most of it. Most of it's not worth the calorie. Yeah. You're better off just eating something else. Right. Okay, so then what is your least favorite food? That is a toss-up between like bivalves, you know, like oysters and those kinds of things. Sorry, Rhode Island. Um, or clams. I don't, it's like the weird texture for me. Or, and I'm going to apologize to Fiona if she happens to listen in advance, Marmite. It is disgusting. Do you know what that is? <laughs> yeah, but I haven't, <laughs> I don't think I've ever had it. Well, I'm married to a South African and it's all the Commonwealth countries are really into like the Marmite, Vegemite. Uh, there's another one, OXO or something Isn't like that. Marmite, so, Marmite's course, a lot like Vegemite, right? What is it? Yeah. I don't know. It's like <laughs> this tar, like weird substance. It doesn't even sound good, the name. Okay, you guys continue. <laughs> and while you are, I'll look up Marmite and we'll find Here's that out. Because now everybody's wondering what the hell it is. So I'll the look it up. The label says yeast extract. I don't even know. I don't know what those two words together mean. Oh, here it is. Yep. A Marmite yeast extract. And it says, the description on Amazon is it's a yummy yeast extract paste. Enjoyed any time of the day, whether on toast for breakfast and sandwiches at lunchtime or as an added ingredient in stews and casseroles. I'm just going to go out and buy one of those today. Yeast it extract. is not yummy. Ugh. I'm just putting that out. It looks like some weird tar-like business. You can get it at Publix, though, Glenn. They do have, I don't know if they have it at your Publix, but in areas where you have a lot of um, islanders, they carry it. Because, you know, all the Commonwealth like, countries like Jamaica and things like that, they like it. Oh, and it is, uh, it's is—it's in the same page as the Vegemite, so apparently they're all related. See? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like super salty tar-like. Goo. <laughs> You're selling it. You're selling it, Mo. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds kind of good. <laughs> I, th- I think I have a wine I can pair I'm recording that. with Fiona tonight, the Australian okay. episode. I'll ask her if she likes oh, no. Marmite. <laughs> okay, we got to move Hi, on. Fiona. Rapid fire is not so rapid. What <laughs> is your biggest equestrian pet peeve? Um, well, you know, it's funny because I heard the one that was it Rachel did with you guys. And I thought, you know, I don't know. Is it horse pet peeve or people pet peeve? So I would say my people pet peeve are inconsiderate riders, like who tack up in the middle of the aisle or leave gates open. You know, just they don't think about anybody else around them. Yep. And I would have to say my horse pet peeve, it would be stall escapers, which <laughs> I will admit my... Jake, the horse I ride at the barn. If you turn your back on him for a second, like to pick something up, he's 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 out. He doesn't go anywhere. Well, he goes out to the pasture. He won't go out to the road. But now you got to catch him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go for the nearest Very piece rude. of green wherever you can get him. Yeah, yeah. And he knows to walk just fast enough. If you run, he'll run. So you can't do that. He knows yeah, to yeah. walk just fast enough. <laughs> fresh, fresh. Okay. Yes. So what? What's the most terrifying thing you've ever done, and would you do it again? Um, well, I think all the other introverted listeners will appreciate this, and everybody else will be like, what is that girl's problem? But I think the most terrifying thing, physical stuff doesn't scare me, but was probably walking into the barn six years ago to take that first lesson and not knowing anyone and you know, going into a ring where, of course, no one's looking at you. But you think everybody's looking at you and judging you. It was terrifying. But yes, I would do it again. That's really not something I would have thought. But um, <laughs> I can totally relate to. It's I can feel like my heart racing for you. You know, that, that 
right? Your heart is like, <sighs> and you're excited and nervous yeah. and terrified all at the same time. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, I've gone, you know, parasailing in South Africa and zip lining in Costa Rica, all kinds of crazy stuff. But that was more terrifying than any of it. <laughs> it's funny what your own mind, you know, can can do for your do to yourself. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mine has a field day with me sometimes. Okay. See? Um, let's see. Who is your favorite, if you have one, who is your favorite professional or celebrity equestrian? Um, I don't really follow the professionals that closely, honestly, because it's, there's so much to know that I don't know that I watch them. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm watching. Um, but I would say, and this is a very geeky answer and I know that it's either, William Shatner as my favorite celebrity or Sandra Day O'Connor. Remember the, she was the first female chief justice. Yes. Um, not so much for her politics, but she's actually done a lot for, uh, wild horses. So, and oh, that's yeah, right. She cool did. First female chief justice. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't we have her brother on? Yes. Then? We had somebody on that was related to her. You're right. It was her oh, brother, really? I think. Yeah. We yeah, had her, her son. Brother. Yeah. Um, but what were we talking about? We were about? talking about the wild horses. Uh, she had a sanctuary or something. BLM. She, or yeah. She, she, I don't know mm-hmm. what she did. We should know this, but I'm a loser. <laughs> We've done a few I shows. I say it's in Texas. <laughs> yes. And we probably yeah. have all of that wrong. The whole thing's probably wrong. <laughs> and that we're, out of, we're out of time, Mo. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It was good to get to know you. Next time I'm down heading towards Wellington, we'll have to get together. Yeah, I'm just south of there. And um, thanks for having me on. It was yeah, fun. And I'm not playing your husband tennis because <laughs> that would be bad. No, no. no. All right. Thanks, thanks Mo. very much, Mo. It's good to get to know <laughs> All right, you. Thanks, guys. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Well, then now it's time for the Tack and Habit Horselovers.com product review of the week. And as usual this week, our products are being reviewed by our fine auditors, listeners who become auditors by paying as little as a dollar a month to join the club. And Rosie is here with us, and she is reviewing the Kensington Fly Boots. Hi, Rosie. Buenas tardes, buenas tardes. How are you, Glenn? Good. Can you say Kensington fly boots in Spanish for us, please? Uh, Kensington botas de protectivas. Well, it oh. sounds much sexier that way, doesn't it? Makes it? you want to buy them. <laughs> <laughs> makes flies sound good. What's makes the word? Makes you want to dance first. <laughs> that makes you want right? to I should have the samba music going. What? What? Uh, how do you say fly? What's the word for fly? Uh, mosquito. Oh, is it mosquito? Yeah, mosquito. 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 Oh. Is that where we got the word yes. mosquito? Probably. <laughs> Most languages come from a little Spanish, so yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, we were going to have you do the whole thing in Spanish, but then I wouldn't be able to edit it, and I wouldn't know what you were saying. So Exactly. Yeah. Only good things, Glenn. Only good things. Okay. <laughs> All right. So these are the Kensington Protective Fly Boots, and they mm-hmm. look like fly boots. They, they uh, are boots that go in the legs. They're from knee to hoof, and they mm-hmm. have, what, uh, three or four Velcro straps, right? Yes, three. They have three uh, loop and uh, hook and loop straps. Right. Uh, Velcros. Okay. Um, that is very very nice. 
So tell us about them. Um, what was your experience with these? Well, I put it on, they're for the front feet, so I put it on Argus, and he's been running around with them. Um, I was a little concerned because, they, you know, the description says that they, it's held up by a plastic type of, you know, um, mesh type of thing that is made up, it makes up the whole boot. But when I actually had it in my hand, it was actually very soft. Um, it was stiff, but it was soft enough that it wouldn't rub up against the skin, so that was really good. Um, the next thing I really liked about it was that the top part of the boot has these fuzzies on it. So you don't have to worry about when the horse is running around, he's going to, you know, um, get hurt or chafe a little bit from the top. And it actually does hold up. Uh, I was very impressed with them. Um, they're a good type of, the color was very nice. Uh, the dirt comes right off of them. So that was even better. Um, and he seemed to not care that he had them on. So that's great. Um, they're a good pair of boots and they do keep the flies away. Yeah. The, when your horse doesn't care that he's wearing something, that's half yes. the right there. Yeah. So when I put him on, he didn't walk out and lift his legs. Like he's trying to get over puddles or something. So <laughs> right. and when he comes good. in with them still on his legs. Yes, they are still on. The Velcros <laughs> are still on, you know, I don't have to extra tape them together so they don't, I, I, he comes in with one and I have to try to rescue the other one someplace in the woods. So. And I guess another problem people have with certain kinds of fly boots is that they tend to fall down. They, you know, yes. they don't stay up there. You find them all, you know, all the way down around the ankles uh, at the end of the yes. day. Have you had any trouble like that with these? No, I haven't had any trouble at all. They slip a tiny bit, um, but I not enough to, they don't, he doesn't come in from the field with anklets on. Right. Um, they do keep their shape very well. You know, we have we've had reviewed, or the listeners actually have reviewed several Kensington products this year, Helena, and boy, they are they are getting good reviews from our listeners. They've, those guys have been around for a long time, and their stuff just does not. It doesn't take the kind of beating that other products do. I have Kensington products, especially fly protection, and I'll keep buying them. I don't care what colors they come in or how much they cost. <laughs> well, they come so in a we, lot of colors, too. That's a good thing. Yes, they yeah. do. Yes, well, they do. Brody's like the master of getting fly products, fly, protective fly <laughs> things off. And oh. So he does occasionally get out of a Kensington product, but it doesn't. he won't grind it into the ground and kill it the way other things will be killed. So they stand yeah. up. Yeah. They really are built tough, and I mean, the look of them is very deceiving because you see it on in a picture on a horse, and you figure, oh, this must be, you know, doesn't move very well, must be very stiff, right? Um, you know, just because of the webbing on the material itself, but it's actually quite. Um, the wind goes through it very well, so you don't have to worry about the, you know, the the horse sweating under there. I've taken the boots off, and I've never seen any sweat under his legs or anything like that. Um, and again, it's. It's not the softest thing to the touch, but it's not harsh enough that I would be concerned of him losing any hair on his legs, wearing it all day. Yep. Well, good. Very good. Well, you can get them in all different kinds of colors, and there's pony size and horse size. You can get different sizes as well. If you go to horselovers.com and search for Kensington Fly Boots, they'll come. all the different choices will come up. But they have plaid, black plaid, plum ice, blue ice, deluxe red, citrus slate. You know, they make up color names, uh, and, but, you know, it's blue red. 
um, gray, black, things like that. <laughs> so you can find them all at Kensing or at horselovers.com. They're twenty three ninety nine a pair, and mm-hmm. you're going to want to. I think they have a size. They do. They have a size chart there as well. So you're going to want to measure the circumference and height before you place your order. That way, you make sure you get the right size. And if you're ordering for the back legs as well, you're going to want to do that measurement separately because they probably will have different fronts and backs uh, in many cases. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, thank you, girl. Yeah. We appreciate you being on again. Thanks, Rosie. De nada. Tengan un buen día. See, let's go dance. I think she said uh, she said she didn't want to be us. I think that's what she said. I think I said have a good day, and you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Rosie. Like you, Bye. Bye, Rosie. For details about today's show, go to stablescoop.com. And did you know that you can get the HRN app on your iOS or Android phone? Yep, you sure can. Just search for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and super easy to use. And where can people find your cool show? They can find my cool show at thatnewportshow.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and all of your favorite podcast apps. What was your last show about? Our last show was about slowing your roll. Slowing your roll? How to slow your summer down, yeah. Oh. And did it include alcohol at a beachside bar? This time it did not. No. This was a little <laughs> bit more of a philosophical discussion about really how to slow things down. Oh, okay. How to actually how not to go out to dinner, how not to go have a cocktail. <laughs> Instead, put your feet up, let your toes feel the warm breeze and chill. We're looking forward to it next month because we have our annual vacation and uh, we're looking forward to slowing our roll so much that I rented a cabin in the woods near nothing. Ah. So in the mountains of Colorado, in the Rocky Mountains. So we'll see how much I enjoy the slow roll. Yeah, you're, it's going to be tough for people like me and you. Yeah. Slowing down to a crawl is very difficult to do. Especially you when know, you go from like 90 to zero, you know, <laughs> then it's like. It's better if you do it gradually. I know. It's true. We do the equivalent of a sliding stop. Exactly. <laughs> with, the, with the sand flying. And the... <laughs> That's right. Yeah. See, we That's need true. to be wrapped up and stuff. We need, <laughs> yeah. all we need to do the slow, gradual dressage stop, not yeah. the uh, sliding, raining stop. If we were horses, we would not be good at our downward transitions. No, no. no we wouldn't. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, you know what? We'll have another episode for you next week, like we always do. And uh, I don't know what else to say, so let's just call it a day. I'm done. Okay. I'm fried. That's it. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Until then, happy scooping. <laughs>